0: Hello, and welcome back to season two. This is the Peak Results Academy podcast. I'm your host, Rich Fournier, and I'm very excited to bring you this new episode for a brand new year. little late start to the year, but it's been a crazy start for us this um, year, 2021. To kick off this season, I'm sitting down with Mara Flashblum. She's one of New York City's top real estate agents, and she's a Sotheby's International Realty top producer, and she's been the top producer since 2009. Mara shares what she think, why she thinks losing is such an important part of winning. Now she learned that lesson as an actress prior to starting her career in real estate. Together, we're going to delve deep into why so many agents are one-hit wonders and what steps you can take in the next 18 months to create outstanding success in your own real estate business. She offers practical tips on always asking for new business and nurturing those relationships throughout the life cycle of your client. Now, don't miss out on this awesome conversation. Get your notepad, get your pen, sit down, pay attention. It's a wonderful conversation. It's filled with wisdom and practical tips and humor. So stay tuned
1: have you ever wondered why some people thrive in all areas of their life welcome to the peak results academy podcast with your host rich fournier each week we interview industry experts who consistently dominate in the fields of health business and beyond our mission is to share their personal struggles and strategies so that you can create your own peak results. Welcome to the Academy.
0: Hello and welcome back to this episode of the Peak Results Academy podcast. I'm your host, Rich Fournier, and I'm super excited to have a stellar producer from Sotheby's all the way down in New York, New York. I'm so yes. excited to have you with us today. Bear Loom, you are yes. here, and I got it correct. You got it right. <laughs> thank you so much for being on our podcast today. Welcome, Richard. You know, it's it's you know, New York is New York. Even though we're here in Toronto, New York is <laughs> still New York, and it still has that vibe, that energy just to the name. So, thank you for being here. Oh. So, you've been with Sotheby's for a number of years, I think. Uh, yeah, I've
2: been at Sotheby's International Realty since um, 2000 was my first year but I was doing brokerage for 10 years before that in, an, in a very small boutique firm. Wow. And I started in commercial real estate and I moved into residential real estate. So I have background in both.
0: Well, I'm really excited to have you. And I'll tell you the reason why, and our listeners uh, know that we interviewed the top, the best of the best in the real estate business throughout North America. And you are part of that tribe (laughs) I can't I can't believe that
1: but here I am you know thank you
0: (laughs) I I need you to be okay with talking about that because in this podcast our focus is about trying to understand what creates a peak result or a peak or peak production in any area of your life it's been Mm -hmm. a mission of mine for about seven years about seven years ago I was um, facilitating a class for some rookie agents But in that class, there was an agent who wasn't a rookie. And he asked me this question. He said, Rich, I know what to do, but why don't I do it? And that question (laughs) haunted me forever, right? And Einstein had said something really interesting. And he said, if we did everything we knew how to do, we we would like literally be able to produce and do anything. We would astound ourselves. Because we all know how to do so much, but we don't do it. But you're doing it. And that's why I want to talk to you today. So let's go right. back to the beginning. I'm sure when you got, back, got into real estate, you just were amazing. You had this big database of thousands of people who wanted to buy and sell products. No, I, and was,
2: I had nothing. I had, I had zero, zero, Richard. <laughs> I had zero.
0: So I started from zero. So like, why did you choose the game of real
2: estate? I, it chose me. Um, and I think my background uh, suited me for a launch pad into real estate. Basically, I had no choice, uh, about what I, you know, I'm the type of person, I don't want to be in a job that's a dead end job, you know, where it's like nine to five. Like I have dreams of that some days, you know. I come in with my cup of coffee, I sit at my office, I work from 9 to 5, I get an hour lunch break, you know, I chat it up during the day, I go home, I relax, I, I the, the job is gone, you know, it's just it's just me and my lifestyle and this and that is a choice for people, Richard, but it wasn't a choice for me. It's not it's not part of my DNA to to be in a job like that. And I've had those survival jobs because I, you know, I went to school to be an actress. Uh, that was my background. And you'll see in the real estate industry, there are a lot of actors and there are a lot of real estate people who want to be an actor. So they go on TV to try to launch that career in that direction through the real estate. But um, I became a real estate broker because, um, because well, it, it really started that I knew I, could, I was good at it because I, I bought a co-op in New York City in a very, in a terrible market. And I was also a broker's nightmare. So I knew more than most brokers knew about a deep dive into the knowledge of the real estate market in New York City, downtown when I was looking, when there was nothing on the, there was no internet, there was no pictures. There was just little ads in the paper that you circle So you really had to have market knowledge. Otherwise you're bringing, you're wasting your time. You're bringing people to apartments that, you know, don't, sorry. You're bringing people to apartments that don't fit their criteria because you didn't do your homework. And I found that a lot of these brokers didn't listen Mm -hmm. about what I wanted and what I needed in my house in order for me to move into it. And so I realized that, you know, this is, I had so much knowledge. Everybody around me kept saying, well, you should do it. You should do it. I'm like, no, I'm an actress. i am going to be on Broadway. That's what I'm going to do. And it came a point in my life where I had children and um, I had to make a choice. It was a turning point, like that movie. You know, whether if something happened to my husband, how would I take care of my children? And, you, and, and unless you're Meryl Streep, you know, you can't do it on acting, you just can't. You can't be, you know, even uh, in a Broadway show, uh, it's very difficult to do that and have, and have children. Um, you, you have to hire an, uh, you know, somebody to take care of your children. And I found that when I was working as an actress, I, if, I, if I hired somebody to help me with my children, it would cost more to hire that person than the income I would get. Bingo, you know, light went off. What can I do? What can I do? I didn't want to be um, a legal, a paralegal, which I had background as a survivor job when I was an actress. I didn't want to be a temp person constantly. So I, uh, I had an opportunity in my building. It was a store and it was, it was, it was 1991. And it's similar to what it is today. The stores are empty. Um, it, it, it was, it, New York was boarded up. It was a it was a bad time in New York City at that time, and we could not rent the store. and it, And I, I was it's in my personal building. And at that at that moment, I said, "Listen, I'm just going to do it. I'm just going to hire the broker. I'm going to rent the store. I'm just going to get this done. I'm going to take the financial burden off of my um, fellow shareholders and, and get some income coming into the building." So. I went and i hired somebody i you know the person the broker wasn't performing i was like i could do this i'm calling the president of of of, of such and such an organization and i'm going to tell them about my store and i'm going to get them in there you know it's just like relentless i am relentless in um pursuing and getting a job done so when i hired this uh this broker she said to me because of my enthusiasm for the space she says why don't you just get your real estate license and come work for me? Bingo. That was it. That was it, Richard. So uh, once I started there, I, I understood the uh, commercial real estate market. I rented the store. It did not take me long. I did it. I rented the store. And then I realized there was somebody in my building. Again, it was 1991 and she had a broker and she couldn't sell her apartment and she was getting underwater and um, same kind of thing that's happening today. So, when you start in a down market, you, you, know, you really have to figure out how to get these things sold, how to identify the buyer. But so, so I ended up doing, starting to do residential real estate, and I realized that the dress fit me better. It just fit me better. Like, I was, it's ruthless. Commercial real estate is ruthless, and I'm more emotional. Like, you have to know what your strengths are. Um, in order to find yourself in the right job with the right people so that you can succeed. And I was very fortunate that the, that the the broker who hired me and I'm, she's my mentor. That's mentoring. Having the right mentor is so important. Um, Nora Statz. I love her and her, her partner, Steve Tarter. The two of them hired me and basically taught me how to do brokerage. And from there the market changed. And again, the other thing about being successful, you have to see the writing on the wall. You know those people that just stay in the job for too long and they they're so afraid of change, they can't move, and they become stuck in it. You know, they just get stuck in a place. And 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 so therefore their you know, their success is is tapped at that moment in time in their life. And so different outside of you know, outside forces push you to take that next step. And, um, that next step, which was really scary because I was really comfortable where I was and I loved the people I w- was working with. So to take that change step, like you're doing right now,
0: Big to t- leave, the,
2: yeah. t- leave a comfort zone and propel yourself into a zone. That's not comfortable in that my dad died in 1999. And that's when I had the epiphany that Um, it was time to go full-blown into a a, a larger company, a larger organization. And I had met my manager, who was uh, an attorney in New York, and she changed her career and started at Sotheby's International Realty as the manager of the downtown office, which was at that time located in Soho, which is where my office was. And um, I had dealt with her on a deal, on a residential deal, and um, she called me to come in for an appointment. I was recommended by my co, like a broker, another colleague, to come in and interview. So I go in and I interview, and I said to her, "Listen, I'm not a 50% broker, so I'm a 90% broker. You know, what I'm saying if I don't perform, just fire me. Just fire me because I need to, I need to be an ex." Place, you know, I mm-hmm. I'm, I'm used yeah. to that. Yeah. right. So so um, I I had uh, I had a little bit of skill set from the years that I was working when the when the kids were younger, and uh, I came to Sotheby's International Realty with one exclusive, one one exclusive, and uh, so that's when I negotiated my terms. I had my one exclusive. And from that one exclusive, I met a buyer that is still with me today from 2000. And that buyer-seller, buyer-seller, buyer-seller grew my, helped me grow my personal network. Because I don't have those contacts. I met those contacts when I was in the field. And And I'm not afraid to ask for a job. Because being an actress, you walk in, you know, you're rejected all the time. So if they reject me, they reject me. What can I do? You got to just pick yourself up, move on from the rejection, move on from the rejection. I think that um, losing, you don't want to go there today. I'm not going to go for But losing is, is an important part of winning, Right. Think 100
0: percent. Please don't stop. Keep going.
2: Don't stop, because if you want to interrupt me and ask me a question, please do that.
0: You're you're just perfect.
2: You're just perfect. Okay. So um, from from the losses, from the mistakes, you you learn, you grow, you learn, you grow and So I started that year and I made the most money I ever made. And I was an actress. You know, if I made $25,000 as an acting, I was like, oh my God, I'm like in the 1%, you know, which is like so exciting. The first year I'm going to share with you, I I remember the first year of me really working full time all in um, right before the internet took off. OK, so we were just getting our our email addresses at that time. Well, <laughs> um, I don't know how with one exclusive, I ended up making one hundred and fifty thousand dollars. I was just like, oh, my God. You know, I'm, was, I'm a,
0: what year was that?
2: Two thousand. I right. was like, yeah. I was like, oh, my God. I'm like, I can't believe me. I have EP, EP. You know what that is? Because I just EP is earning power.
0: I recognize
2: in the first year, um, you know, when I, women back in the day, right, way back in the day, um, as I lived through the, um, the woman's evolution into the workplace, uh, you know, they were expected to marry EP, right, because they had no EP. They were expected to marry into earning power, right, right? They're supposed to identify earning power in a man because you're not supposed to have earning power, you know, and, and the world was going to keep your earning pile down. Like if I stayed in a path of being somebody's secretary, that was expected of me. Like I was going to, like my mother told me, you want to be an actress, learn to type. You know, that's what it was back in those days, learn to type, right? You want to take care of yourself, learn to type, be a bookkeeper, dude. I mean, that's what my grandmother was, a bookkeeper.
0: Yeah, you just seem so young for that and considering being in a, that kind of metropolitan amazingness where you live that I'm shocked that that would have been told to you. I mean, I was raised by a single mom and you know, small little blue collar steel town. And yeah, I would expect that kind of mentality I'm a little bit surprised that that was being put into your mind where you lived.
2: I grew up in Massachusetts and yeah, that's put into little girls' minds. Not today. Thank goodness for the women that came, you know, uh, after before me and after, and, and now the women now, I mean, the evolution, I could not take workshop. I had to take home economics, which was learning how to sew, learning how to do your nails I you did. know, learning like
0: exactly. You took what? Well, I'm old enough to say that I did home ec and workshop.
2: <laughs> <laughs> wait, you, so wait, so you're younger than because you, they made you take home ec?
0: So I, I'll be 47 on Sunday. So,
2: (laughs) well, I'm older than you are. And I'm telling you that in my mind, it was that. And my mother, my mother was also, she was late in life. Women in their 50s, she went back to school and she was really a role model. I'm very fortunate. I'm sure your mother was a role model to you because that's what pushes you. So you have to, you have to think about, I guess, if you don't have that role model, how do you, how do you, um, become proactive in being successful. Like it's hard to define what successful is. Like it's su- successful is different for, for different people. Like what constitutes success. I mean, what constitutes success for me was the ability to take care of myself independently if something happened with my you know, husband, to take care of my children, make sure they're educated, um, educated and debt free. That was my goal, you know, I had a goal educated and debt-free. And um, I made that goal. Uh, so um, I think that that propelled me to give my children um, that freedom to go out into the world and do what they, they're passionate about uh, and educate them so that they could have that, that launching pad into the world.
0: We did not have the anchor of debt which keeper. so many
2: people have, but, you know, if you have that anchor of death debt, uh, debt, um, uh, on you, you can still overcome it. You can still propel yourself forward. And even with my children, I, they, they also have good values, you know, even though they've been given this opportunity to be able to go through school without any debt, um, They function like they do have debt, you know, they, 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 they're, they're, I'm proud of them. I mean, they're good kids. They take care. I mean, my goal was to have them be able to take care of themselves because we're in a different America. Like the America before is like, you're supposed to be better than, you know, you're supposed to be wealthier than your parents, which happened like my grandmother to my parents, to myself and then into the next generation it's no longer guaranteed that you have this american dream and the only way to take that you know make that american dream is to take matters into your own hands to be responsible for your own success your own income and um, and put yourself in a job where you can excel where where you can have a launch pad for yourself and a trajectory where nothing is go- like nothing nothing was going to stop me I mean, there was just just no stopping, Mara. Like if <laughs> my sister would say to me, I'm so singularly focused, you know, if I'm practicing yoga, I'm all in, you know, if I'm just like whatever it is, I, I just go all in.
0: <laughs> you know, that's an interesting trait. Of all the people that I've communicated with on this podcast, there's a couple of common denominators. One is that um, you say it very eloquently, but you're all in like, and you, I can feel the energy through video today that you're <laughs> all into the game. Like you're in it to win it.
2: And I like, yeah, I, I like, I don't like the word win, but I want to feel
0: For the good. sake of a better word, you're the yeah, yeah. to perform at a level I, that you expect of yourself. So you set a new standard. Now, yeah. where did that drive? I, I mean, there's drive and there's a lot of driven people in the world, but they don't do it.
2: I think you have that thing. You have to be people dream. But then you have to be proactive. So I'm right now. I, I have two. I have two people on my team that I'm mentoring, right? And I, I I you can't enable people. You have to give them the. They have to be if they don't have the skills to be proactive, and look at their day, and and see what steps do I need to take to get from here to here? You know, but. Um, I don't know if I'm explaining it right, but, you know, people sit there and wait for the phone to ring. I guess that's what it is, Richard. They wait for the phone to ring. I don't wait for the phone to ring. I pick up the phone and I go after it. I, you know, I, and if I get rejected, that's okay. You know, but I, at least I communicate, you know, I find that to be a successful broker, And I tell this to people, and I've talked about this even in meetings at Sotheby's International Realty, it doesn't take much. Pick up the phone and make five phone calls a day, five phone calls a day to people you know, to people you know, to people you've sold to, to, you know, if you've just started the business, um, you can make a cold call, you know, Uh, if uh, to somebody maybe that you sent a letter to, you could maybe follow up with them with a phone call. I mean, people just kind of expect that communication is only through email, but that you have, I have a combination of new school and old school. You know, new school is like email, virtual communication, but now look at how we're communicating now. You see my face, I'm not on the telephone. You can see my expressions. You can see even my better. excitement.
0: It's even it's e- Right, it's so even now- better. Like I, I insist on meeting people like this now before we go do stuff together, right? Hey, it's so, me. How are you doing? But
2: before that, I had to learn the skill set of how to give good phone. Right. Like, do you know how to give good phone? I know how to give good phone.
0: Right? So I was um, when I, what my first real professional job was with a company called London Life. It was an insurance company, and I had to make calls for. Life insurance, and I remember my hands were just sweating. Like it was. while you're exciting. successful, right? Because I really had a a low self image of myself. Because you can't outperform your self image.
2: Oh, that's interesting.
0: You yeah. cannot outperform it, and your earning power today is at a, is in direct proportion to your current self image.
2: That's interesting. When you do feel good about what you're wearing, how you present yourself.
0: How you, what you believe about.
2: About yourself. Yes. Yeah. It doesn't
0: matter. It's what that level of certainty that you have in the, in your mind about who you are and the value that you bring to the table. Right. I then you get so, I get so caught up in worrying about, oh my God, this person's not going to like me. My, you know, they're, they're, I'm bothering them and all this stuff. Right. And it came out. And of course, what do you do? You run away from pain, right. right? And you had the capacity to run towards pain,
2: towards towards um, making a connection. Okay. Like towards towards making a connection. I think I think today people want to make a connection. Mm. Um, if if you and and if they don't, you need to go like that. You need to just move on. Like you have to read it right because there'll be. There's, every, every personality um, will, how can I put, I'm not right for every seller and I'm not right for every buyer, but there are enough buyers and enough sellers that my personality is right for, that need someone like me, you know, in their lives.
0: You got to find your tribe. You got to find the people that resonate, some people would say vibrate or align with your own vibration, right? Because you do vibrate in a certain way. I know I've, I'm in alignment with you personally. I know that, I can feel that.
2: Yes, yeah.
0: And the same feelings, the same thought processes. Um, why don't people pick up the phone?
2: I, 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 I don't know. Why don't people ask for the job? Yeah. I mean, I when I first started, so if anybody's listening out here, when I first started, and I met peep and I met people, or I talked to my friends on the phone, I would I would say stuff. Look, I'm not busy. Do you know anybody who knows anybody who knows anybody who's selling an apartment? Because I'm not busy, and I'm happy to help them. You know, I would just I would. Find a funny way to ask for a job. Or if it's somebody, the deal is, the biggest mistake people make is losing that personal connection. You just went through a whole thing, selling somebody their, you know, selling somebody's home. I mean, that is a very personal thing. You're in your their lives. It's like a play. That's why acting works. It's like a play. It has a run, right? Well, if you lose the context in that run, let's say you were in a play with Leonardo DiCaprio, you know, and you just... <laughs> And you just, you know, you met him a long time and you lost contact with him. And he can't remember who you are. You know, it's 20 years later. But if you were in a play with Leonardo DiCaprio and you kept, call, you know, you kept in touch with him, you uh, wished him happy birthday. I mean, you had a good experience, let's say, in in the play together. And you kept, you know, down the road, you could be in a movie with him. You know, you, you that's, the, that's the connection. It's the same with real estate. Like if you're... Um, I, I, you make a personal connection and then you call them on the anniversary of when they bought the house. Just say, how you doing in there? This, I, this is what I do personally. Hi, this is Mara, your ex real estate broker. I'm just checking in. I'm checking in, seeing how you're doing, but I mean it also, I do want to know, I find out they're, you know, they're having a baby. It's so exciting. You know, I find out where they are in their lives. So, so that when, um, when they go to sell that two-bedroom apartment to buy the three-bedroom apartment, I'm there with them. They didn't forget about me. They didn't forget that we transacted, you know, ten years earlier. I mean, that's the key: is that you ride it all the way through. You start the life cycle from the very beginning. They buy the one-bedroom apartment as a single person. You sell that. They buy the two-bedroom apartment as a couple. They you sell that. You they buy the three-bedroom apartment a apartment they have two kids now the kids are grown they're in college they want to wind down you know or they want to up or they want to up they want to go to the townhouse and then they want to buy a house you know out in the you know out in the country you can you can be one stop shopping all of your real estate needs are i'm going to handle them for you i'm going to be your go to advisor i'm going to be your international advisor you can buy properties with me all around the world and I will make sure you get a good deal. Uh, you know, I'm, that's who I am for you. And I, I mean, I love that how my dad was a attorney and he was like a one-stop shopping attorney, you know, you, you, uh, a general practitioner. So it wasn't specific. And, and, and it was, he was somebody to talk to if you had a, an issue, like if, you know, that maybe do, he might be doing a business thing with, uh, uh he did a lot of, uh, subrogation insurance, but you know, that particular person needed a will. They needed advice on a divorce. They needed this or that. They could call my dad. You know, it's like, that's who you want. You want to be there for them when they're having trouble. Maybe they're, you know, they're underwater in their real estate. They need to figure out what to do. Like, and you need to give them honest, good advice. Like sometimes the answer is no, do not sell. Sometimes the answer is no, do not buy this place. I mean, that's a sign of a really good uh, broker is knowing when to tell somebody not to do something, right?
0: Got it. and you're absolutely right. We've done that many times. When you look at your day-to-day and how you operate, um, you've had, um, you're in what we call momentum, right? Or you have a lifetime now of momentum. Um, but does your daily method of operation, has that changed a lot?
2: I think it, well, under COVID, it had to change. Right. I had no choice, which actually propelled me into a really good place and a really good new way of thinking about things. Like I have time with you Richard to sit down right. and do, do this because I realized that um, sometimes when you, when you climb up that ladder, the best thing you could do is let go. Right. Um, I, uh, if this is making sense to anyone, but if you're a control freak kind of person and you can't get yourself to say, let go of those tasks that are holding you down to growth. You need to be able to hire somebody or seek somebody to, to, or train somebody to do that job as well, if not better than you can do it. So I'm very fortunate right now. I have uh, two people that are working with me and they're very competent at showing apartments even better than I am. They, they know, they know, how to present themselves they know how, they they're knowledgeable about the property i totally trust that they could walk through that property guide somebody through it and have the same experience as if i was showing the apartment. it's not a better experience no, and
0: no. yeah you mentioned that mentorship is super important i was chatting with someone uh, the other day uh, a new partner of mine and he said we need to push harder for people who get into the industry to Um, maybe have a two-year mentorship before they're allowed to be on their own.
2: That's interesting. I mean, um, yeah, I I don't know. I think you can learn. I think you can learn by doing, Um, but you have to get somebody who's to work, who's going to take, be proactive. Like I cannot work with people that aren't proactive.
0: So here in Canada, real estate may operate a little bit different. So I used to coach and train in the U S and it does operate Broker brokers in the United States, so broker owners, you know, the managers are in control of the agents. Mm-hmm. Here, not so much. It's a free for all.
2: What do you mean? So no,
0: you don't you I, don't
2: have training or anything? That's just there's
0: training, but it's not mandatory. Um, you well, know, well,
2: training isn't mandatory, but it almost it's necessary. So
0: you uh, anyone, but, like if I have a question, I'll call. But right, it's not. I'm not asking them to hire me, it's the other way around.
2: Right, interesting, yeah. Um, so that's about the business. I think we had talked about what your audience wants to hear uh, and what I, I, I wanna to touch on is success in terms of um, consistency. Right. Because, you know, those one hit wonders. Yes. Right, in the, in the rock industry, like why are they one hit wonders? but we have Frank Sinatra and Barbara Streisand. Think about it. Why are they one hit wonders?
0: Right.
2: And I, you know, I think about that because I'm so fortunate that my success has started in 2000. It hit, you know, it kept going up. First I became like what they, they used to be able to call us a vice president, then a senior vice president, then a senior global real estate, then the titles went away. Then they won't let us have any titles now. So the title goes away, but then you have to, there's, what are you aiming for? Like, what is your, what are your, what are your goals? What is your business plan? And I think the people that flounder that aren't successful don't have a clear vision Mm -hmm. of where they are today and where they want to be tomorrow. Like, how do you get there? How do you get from being a you know doing four deals a year right. to doing 30 deals a year then you have to look at your th- then you have to look at you did four four deals at what price point
0: right
2: right so the 30 deals you have to analyze the 30 deals that you did and see how do i elevate my price point, like I sell the entire market. So I'll, I'll sell a $345,000 studio and I'll sell an $80 million penthouse. Like I can do the whole breadth of the market. But how many times are you going to sell an $80 million penthouse? How many times are you going to sell a $20 million penthouse? What are you going to do now when the market is only performing under $3 million in New York City and you have the small, you know, small, small, small percentage of, of, Of brokers that are able to have that client base that are buying those 20, you know, getting deals on those 20, 30, 40, 50 mil, how many of those actually exist, right? Mm -hmm. The majority of the market is, is on the lower price point. So I remember telling the president of Sotheby's International Realty at the time in 2009, I said, oh, you know, it's 2009, it's frozen, like nobody's selling in 2009. That's when they started ranking people. It's I didn't even know what ranking meant, you know, at said to international realty. So it's 2009. So I look at uh, I look at her, her and it's a woman and I said, um, Kathy, I'm going to do volume. I'm just going to do volume. That's how I'm going to make it through 2009. I'll figure out what's moving, and at that time, they incentivized the lower end. I don't know if you remember, but it was it was um, it was under Obama that you know they incentivized like buying cars, and they incentivized you know uh, the the mortgages down in 2009. How to how to get that mortgage market lower end market moving, and so that's what I did. Plus, it was a time that I did have a buyer that had sold a loft with me that all of a sudden was looking in the high end, wanted to buy something for $9 million, you know, and $9 million, that place is worth $30 million today. So they bought it in 2009. And that was a smart move, you know, and I, because I kept in touch with my, my, the whole breadth of my client base. And I looked at it and I said to myself, okay, how am I going to make 2009 work? And what, how am I, and I look at, at, look at my production every month, every month, every month, what goals can I hit? You know, and I keep pushing myself, but I proactivate myself every morning. I wake up and I say, okay, how, what am I going to do today to, to better, you know, better my, you know, my career, because I was very motivated to make sure that I could pay for school, that I could, you know, make sure that we had uh, my husband and I could, you know, work together to have food on the table. You know, Uh, I didn't want anybody to, I don't want to take care of, uh, have my parents have to take care of me when I know that in the future, they're going to have to take care of themselves, right? Right. And I, um, you know, I think the best way I could be of use to my children and my parents was to take care of myself and my family
0: That's right.
2: and um you know and then be able to at some point uh give back you know the success and find ways of of giving back
0: um you're driven and you have this capacity that you're able to I don't know if you create a new person a new persona every single morning is that what it is like you like you get to get up and say I'm this person today I'm my own hero
2: yeah, well, you, right. you know, listen, let's be honest, there's going to be some days, you're going to want to pull the covers over your head. Nope. You want to have a snow day, you know, nope. you just want to have a, you, I go back to kindergarten you know, all the time where I just give myself a day to have a nap, you know, where I just, where I give myself a day to just um, chill and, and let my mind wander and be creative um, and um, kind of tap into what's going to make me feel good, you know, whether it's um, taking that extra hour uh, practicing yoga, which I love to do. Um, I love to dance, you know, I love to sing. Uh, so sometimes I'll just sit down at the piano and and just play and sing out loud, like really, wow, you know. <laughs> and and that just kind of gets out my creative stuff. And then I, I um, you know, I, I discovered in, in COVID that working is part of who I am and that without it, because it slowed down, you had no choice. You couldn't, you couldn't sell, right? You couldn't physically do it. So how could you close deals without actually physically showing houses or homes or, you know, apartments? How could you do it? You know what? I did. I, I Whatever was on the table, whatever, um, People had seen things prior to. I was able to close some of those up. I was able to close the deals up that were on a table. I was able to farm for new business. I was able to refer to people who were buying in the suburbs. You know, I found a new way of doing business during COVID to say, oh, this is kind of fun, you know? I, you know, I connected with uh, referral agents from across the country that I didn't know before. I I was hearing about their not market. I became more knowledgeable. I can tell you what's going on in Vermont, San Francisco, Cape Cod, you know, Florida, Miami, you know, the different markets in Florida, Naples, Miami, it's all, you know, you want to be that knowledgeable person. So you have to educate yourself. So it gave me the opportunity in, to, to, slow down and speed up at the same right. time, like slow down. I figure. but there weren't people like that in 2009, there was a, somebody in my office that only did the high end. Like if it wasn't more than $5 million, he wasn't interested in taking that on. Like, you know, you know, studio apartment, I'm not doing it. Right. Um, so it, that terrible year, you yeah. know, Right. Terrible year, right? Because that market wasn't moving. So um, you you have each year brings different circumstances, and this year, you know, and I've lived through it all. I mean, I've I've lived through um, September 11th, where I lost my, you know, some of my friends, and I, you know, it was a very very it was sad, you know. But but people need me. Like I I think I'm a I think I'm good at my job because I'm compassionate about. I understand what it's like to move, you know, to the stresses of moving right.
0: and. Um, and you seem to be very, you don't, you, you don't, you're not very negative. <laughs> like you're actually, no, really, no. like <laughs> I don't not- think in your, your vernacular. Like it's not there. No, <laughs> well, no. There's some,
2: well, no. maybe this, I'm, I'm, I I'm have a positive energy yeah. that uh, it can't be stopped. I mean, Pollyanna, whatever you want to call it, you uh, Pollyanna syndrome. You know, I, I just know what it's like to just pick yourself. You just got to pick yourself up, shake yourself up and just get out there. I mean, get out there, live, you know, live, work, meet people. Mm -hmm. And, and, and the other thing is that my friends really, I, I, my business relationships are the relationships that, um, that I have more so than um, I have a few personal friends that have nothing to do with business, but uh, but my day is spent with people that those relationships that I nurture, I recognize this um, over COVID that those relationships are important to me because I, I've been in their lives and sometimes they turn into a friendship, but it's still sort of like business friends. You know, what do you, call, how do you, how do you even blend that?
0: Uh, you, you do though like, rely on each other for your livelihood and those relationships to work together to create revenue are friendships.
2: Right. Because you know what? I'm a referral kind of girl, you know? So if you tell me you're a designer, you tell me you're, I, I'm going to launch your career. You know, I'm going to make that phone call and say, you got to hire so-and-so. And I have, and I, <laughs> I'll i just say, she's the best. You got to use her. This is the one, you know, and then it happens in reverse where they say uh, the same thing about me. And so I think that that it, it, give it you, there are givers and there are takers. And I think if you align yourself up with givers, you'll be, it, it propels you forward. I think if you, if you um, align yourself up with takers and in, a, in, in some of the deals that you are, that you're in, you're in with takers and you just have to recognize they're a taker, they're a taker, I get it. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna conduct myself, I'll read that situation and I'll understand it better. And then when when I'm with the giver, I I totally um, recognize that as well. And I want to take care of the giver. I want to make sure that that giver is really getting as much service as possible because what happens is the takers are the ones that demand the services. And then the givers are the ones that you, you say, Oh, they, I won't bother with them because they know that I'm doing my job. But, but I don't do that. I never do that. I, I always try to check in and, and make sure people know what I'm doing, you know, during the day.
0: Today, what and who do I have to be today to navigate as an agent, the next 12 to 18 months? Give me some advice about who I have to be and what do I have to do to perform at the very highest of levels over the next 18 months?
2: Well, you have to wake up today right. and you have to put to- you have to have a business plan for January, 2021. Yeah. Um, and you have to think about um, how you add value to the process of being a real estate, whether you're a broker or a salesperson, how do I add value to the process? And you need to take steps every day to ensure that you're going to have the best year possible. So um Part of your business plan, let's say you want to focus, like specialize. Specializing is very good. So let's say uh, just pick a a neighborhood. Let's say you want to specialize in in Brooklyn. You got to do a deep dive into that neighborhood. Like you got to get on the street and, you know, whether you're going into a store. I remember going into a a toy store and letting the toy store owner know That I'm a real estate broker. Here's my card. You know anybody, you hear anybody, you blah 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 blah. You know, you patronize the store, you talk to people. I mean, you have to find your organic way to make contacts, put them in your contact list. I mean, there's I I tell the people I work, there's something to do every day. Like one, so every day you can say, okay, one, I'm gonna connect to a referral broker because you don't know, somebody from Texas might be moving to your local. Wherever you know, or somebody from, from another part of your state might be moving into your town, and you don't know that that's right, unless you pick up the phone. So, if you make, I'm gonna, so you put a list together, I'm gonna make three calls to referral brokers, I'm gonna make three calls to past clients. I'm going to phone home if you have parents. (laughs)
0: You'll still be a good person. (laughs)
2: Exactly. No, um, you know, and then I, you know, I, I kind of map it out and then I look at myself and I say, okay, the way I used to do it was like, I'm going to do so many deals a month. Yeah. You know, at least set the goal. I'm going to do so many deals a month. And then you say, well, how am I going to get there? Richard, how are you going to get there? Like, what would you do? Tell me, what would you do to say, I'm going to do, you know, three Three to four deals a
0: month. So in my mind, so if you don't, like you nailed the point right there. If you don't set a vision, your want, like what do I really, really want, right? A burning desire, right? What is it that I really, really, truly want? Then you have to ask yourself the question. There's two questions you have to ask though. Can I do it, right? And am I willing to do it? So everyone can. Everyone can do anything. Then you have to go, am I willing to do what's necessary to get that goal? Because that will require me to do something different every day. And for me, right, that shows up in the internet. How many people do I get to communicate with today about buying and selling a piece of property? And this is who I am, Mr. and Mrs. Julianne, whoever. This is what I do. And this is what I like to do for you if you're in this market, if you're looking for this. But I have to do that repetitively, consistently, many, many times a day, because I'm only six years into my market. So 90% of my business is online communication with people.
2: Yeah. Well, see, so...
0: Like, it's got to be... Right. I mean,
2: the younger people today, they have many more tools than I do. I had the buddy telephone, and I had, like, the newspaper articles. But listen, you can launch your career um, by being present on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, by sending posts. I mean, it used to be postcards to the neighborhood. Um, it used to be like, how do you add value in your neighborhood? Like it's it's like real estate is local. It, we're at international, but it's also very local. If you're part of your community and you're making connections in your community and you become that go-to person, they're going to call you and take any job. In the beginning, take it all, you know, you hear somebody wants a $3,000 a month rental, take it. It's, you know, take it, do a good job at it. That $3,000 a month rental could be the one that's buying that $600,000 one bedroom apartment. You know, like you have to like have a vision of, um, I think the other thing is, is that, which I was trying to allude to, like the play's over and you know, you lose your connections, the play is never over. Like you have to keep those, you have to keep it going because that's the engine of your business. The reason why I can sometimes, I can say to myself, I can sit back, uh, like I just got a call the other day. I sold this man his apartment 10 years ago, you know, and it calls me up, like it's time to move on, right? But I had been keeping in touch with Christmas cards, holiday cards, you know, whatever, checking in, seeing how they're doing because I'm there. What's the rule? Like you're the, the last person they meet in the real estate world is the one that they, they hired to do the job.
0: Right. So I think something like 11% of people who, who do the next transaction only use their pass reader, 11% of the time like that, for example,
2: 11% of the time. So if I look at my stats I'm like 80 to 90% of the time they're going to call me. So if you don't do that, then you're losing all of those. You're losing a referral pace that you're not paying a referral to. That's, that's the thing you have to look at that. And, but, but I don't think about the money. I just want to be very, very clear with your listeners. This isn't, this is, this, these goals are not set with, I'm going to make a certain amount of money this year. That's not how my goals are set. And I never even think about the money until actually the, you know, I'm paying the taxes on it. <laughs> that's that's why I know it's actually in the bank is right. when I write the checks on those quarterly taxes. So um, I, I think the, the the drive is to help people. Honestly, I think the drive is to and be careful who you let in your life. You know, be careful the people that you decide that you're gonna help them find their home, their dream home, their their whatever it is that they're looking for, their, their, their place of peace. Um, you don't wanna waste your time with somebody who is not ready. Like if they're not ready to commit to the relationship, like, let's say it's, you know, whether it's two guys, two girls, two, uh, a guy and a girl and they're like in a committed relationship, but they're not really where, really, you know, they don't want to make it official. They're kind of still shopping around. They're going to shop around. Like I always, if I find, I said, I said to this one guy, Greg, I said, Greg, if I find you the apartment and you commit to the apartment, you're going to commit to the girl, you know? <laughs> and I swear to God, it's like he was in there one year. He committed to the girl. He got married. He now has three kids. He lets, you know, it's just because that com- it's a commitment buying a pay- piece of real estate. And you don't want to work with somebody who's not ready to make it, can't make that commitment. You have to recognize it so that you're not working with somebody for two years and they never consummate. Um, which is like the same boyfriend thing or girlfriend thing, you know, right. where, where you're, you're spinning your reels with the wrong person and they you want one thing and they want something else. And they should just stay in the rental. You know, don't commit. Like, be <laughs> free. Just do it. just Don't build equity. It's not important. I mean, this is the best time, the best time to build equity. Best time. Because I think, you know, w- there will be a climb. We just don't know how big the climb is, but um, I think what's scary about it right now is that it's gone down so far. Like in New York City, we're at a bottoming. We are bottoming baby. You know, it's the most amazing time to buy a piece of the Big Apple um, because we've shut down. Basically, we don't have theater. We don't, you know, the stores or some of them aren't reopening the restaurants. We're going to, you know, there'll be there'll be an influx of new businesses coming to New York, but at the moment, there's just so much product and and, um, a limited buyer pool. So if you've got chutzpah, this is the time to get in there and say, hey, I'm planning for the future, I want to have a place in New York so that when it comes back to life, I, I I miss people so much. I miss the energy of the city. I miss the theater. I I, I miss the museums. Um, it's just a
0: well, maybe a low- you could be looking at a business partnership in the future. <laughs>
2: <laughs> okay, there you go. Come on over. No, it, it really is like like you could buy something for three hundred thousand dollars and have your little place in the city. Um, you know, why not, you know, why not do it if it's been your dream? Uh, cause I do think it, it will come back. We are a global, I mean, like Toronto, you, you have a, you have a global reach, right? People from all over the world will come and buy a place in Toronto.
0: So, you know, so, you know, we're 7 million people. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's a hub. I mean, it's, it's a tremendous hub of innovation and, and the world is and we're going into lockdown ourselves right now. So we'll see how that works out. But I digress. Listen, you've been absolutely amazing. <laughs> I um, hope I helped you know, your viewership
2: and your, your, your listeners. Passion,
0: your exuberance that you bring to the table, your passion and love for people, you're driven. You are what I expect a performer to be like. Um, I appreciate you. And I will make sure we give all your particulars um, (laughs) to our listeners so they can reach out to you with any questions about New York real estate. Oh, yeah. I'd
2: love to answer questions about New York real estate. I just pick my brain. You know, I've got a depth of knowledge over a long period of time. So, yeah. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome. And thank you so much for having me. It was such a pleasure meeting you on Zoom. And we're in a new world, Richard. And let's just go for it. You know, let's just like You've you've got
0: (laughs) me very excited for the rest of my day. So, (laughs) so
2: well, you you know, you're going to sell something today, Richard, you're going to get out there, (laughs) you're going to do that showing, and hopefully you'll make a match.
1: Thanks for tuning in to today's show. If you like what you've heard and you're interested in seeing if you are fit to work with Peak Results Academy, here's what I want you to do next. Head over to peakresultsacademy.com slash call. That's peakresultsacademy.com slash call and book an appointment to speak with our team. We'll get on the phone with you for about 45 minutes and get you crystal clear on three things. Number one, what do you really want out of life and your business? Number two, what is not working for you today? And number three, the exact strategy you should be using to create massive change in these areas. Remember, changing your life and creating massive results does not happen by itself. You need expert guidance to make it happen. We're helping clients all over the world create peak results in their health, in their businesses, and in their personal lives. To see if we can help you do the same, head over to peakresultsacademy.com slash call. We'll chat soon.